Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Hello and welcome to the NRL Show, Episode 7. I'm your host, Dan Frost, and as always, I'm here supported by the best panel in the business. Um, I've got Alex and Stacey here tonight. Uh, Pierre, uh, not with us, but we'll be back next week. Guys, let's get straight into it, straight off the top. Stacey, uh, tonight we're just going to do a quick little shout-out to some of the battlers uh, in the competition. Is there a particular battler in the NRL that you'd like to shout-out off the top? I'd like to give a mad shout-out to Adam Clune. Um, he's just this really unassuming guy who just steps in at the right time. And when Ben Hunt's not out there, he really gives me like a little bit of confidence or a little bit of assurance that he's going to be able to steer the ship where it needs to go during the game. Yeah, he's uh, he's a bit of a pro, isn't he? Um, no, it's, um, he's doing a, doing a good job there for the Dragons. Same question to you, Alex. I think for me, it's got to be Adam Kieran. Um, I think he has a lot of depth to an already kind of standout rooster side and, you know, he's got to good foot on him as well. So yeah, he'd be my battler for the Roosters. Yeah, no, he's impressive playing uh, out of position in the centers and um, yeah, kicked a few clutch goals. So uh, no, that's a good one. And look for me, uh, the battler that I, I want to shout out is Josh Curran. Um, yeah, just a bit of a, a bit of a forward that's come through the Roosters uh, junior system and, and sort of made the move over to the New Zealand Warriors. And uh, recently he's hit some uh, rare form so he's only 22 years of age so he's got a, a long career ahead of him so yeah great to see some of the battlers um, shining in the NRL all right so let's jump into our first segment the huddle so for our new listeners uh, the huddle is where we take a deep dive into a particular team and this week uh, we focus on a side that continues to rewrite the history books uh, they've been compared with some of the best franchises in world sport uh, but I guess the the question is, can they win back-to-back premierships? Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We're a different footy team, and we've got a point of difference about us. Well, this is the biggest moment in several of these players' football lives. Champion players, champion club. Wanna be king in your story. I wanna know. Yeah, that's right. And this week on the huddle, we'll be focusing in on reigning premiers, the Melbourne Storm. Stacey, going to start with you. Obviously, you know, heading into last year's grand final, there was a lot of debate as to who was going to come out on top in that grand final. Could the Panthers get over the top or would Melbourne hold on? They did more than that. They won quite comprehensively and they've been remarkable so far in, in 2021. You know, and, and coming off 18 games on the trot, I mean, that's a new NRL record. So, I mean, who can stop them? And they just keep, they just keep winning. So I guess... The question is, if it wasn't the Panthers last year, then who is it this year that could potentially give them a run for the, for their money? Or are we just going to be watching Storm Grand Finals for the next three or four years? Yeah, look, it's uh, it, it's it's quite impressive what they've been able to do. You know, they've been able to build a franchise that's a great attacking team. They're great defensively. Um, but there's a certain team, uh, the Manly Wringer Sea Eagles, that um, have got 40, 50, 60 points in them against uh, a few teams. But... You know, even a red-hot side like that uh, weren't able to get the job done in the regular season against the Storm. So, yeah, we'll certainly see who can give them a run for their money come finals time. Stacey, a player that I wanted to talk about, I think there's been two standout players for Melbourne this year because 
something to remember when we look at their season so far is they've had a lot of injuries. So, you know, basically all of their roster has spent time on the sidelines, but two players that I think have been quite consistent has been Jerome Hughes and Brandon Smith. For sure, for sure. I mean, and when you're pairing up Brandon Smith with Harry Grant, who we spoke about last week and we all love, um, it just goes to show that they've got so much depth in their really important positions. Um, You know, Jerome Hughes now has just been signed till 2024, so that's a really good, like, to lock him in there and and have him own that spot. And I think, you know, Hughes has got a a long way to go, but I think he's capable. Alex, obviously one of the challenges that the Storm have got is they've got two great hookers coming through, you know, they've got Brandon Smith, uh, they've got Harry Grant. How would you manage this situation going forward? What's the answer there for Melbourne? Yeah, I think it kind of depends on the games that they're playing and and who they want in that position and what they want out of that position. Um, I think with two players like that kind of coming through it, it, it's exciting for the storm to whoever puts on that, that Jersey never fits into that role. Um, but as far as, you know, battling out on who's going to get that, that's always kind of fun to watch on who can, you know, edge out that other teammate to, to be able to get that position in that Jersey. Stacey, if you're Brandon Smith, do you stay with the club? But it'd be really hard because he really wants to own that hooker role. And if he's in a, in a situation where he's going to be sharing the reins with Harry Grant, I mean, it's hard to say, but I'd like to see him go somewhere else and, and potentially put his talents to another team that potentially needs the help when, you know, the Storm are just so stacked. Yeah, look, my, my opinion is uh, the club actually need to do everything they possibly can to keep Brandon. And, and I think part of the reason for that is, and a play that we'll talk to in a second is, you know, losing Nico Hines, you know, a similar type situation, and he looks to be a really great player. I just don't necessarily think the Storm can afford to lose um, such a great player in Brandon Smith. I know how how good Harry Grant is. He does appear to be the long-term starter there. But, yeah, I I think Melbourne need to get creative and they need to find a way in which they can fit all of these players in the same team because, yeah, players like the Cheese, they they don't come around so often. So um, I'd be doing everything I can to keep him. But, Stacey, to your point, uh, probably what's best for him in his career may be to go and start somewhere else. Although, you know, he he may miss out on a few premierships. Uh, let's move on now to Nico Hines, Alex. One of the one of the challenges when uh, you know the Melbourne Storm were first brought into the competition, there was a lot of concerns around. Well, where are the juniors going to come from? You know, down there in that Victorian system. And I think only now we're starting to see a few Victorian juniors coming through. But predominantly, uh, how Melbourne have been so successful is they've got you know feeder clubs up there in Queensland. I guess one of the things I wanted to call out is the outstanding development job they've done with some of these Queensland juniors look no further than Nico Hines. Yeah, I think that's kind of a a testament to their program and to be as strong as they are when you can produce juniors like they have been able to produce. It just adds so much depth to your to your squad and and to your performance as a club. Stacey, the Storm find themselves in a in a situation now where they they've they've committed to Ryan Pappenhausen as a long-term fullback, and Nico Hines has has moved on. My question to you is, did they keep the right fullback? You know, Pappenhausen had that really bad, um, you know, that neck injury earlier in the round against the Dragons, Um, and I think that shook him a little bit more than anyone really thought. Um, You know, he's a young kid. Uh, It was a bad hit, and, I mean, whether it was right or wrong, um, you know, your head hitting the ground, uh, in a big way is a wake-up call for anybody. So whether he can sort of get out of that mental kind of game and really excel, I don't think he's had the opportunity to have the most reps out there. You know, he missed out on his origin debut because of the injury. 
Um, I mean, if it was me, I'd probably keep. I would have kept Nico Hines at least for the next season. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. You 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 know you you can't keep everyone, and if you do, you've got to pay the money. You know, you've got to give these guys multi year deals. You've got to. Um, you know, you've got to give them starting roles, and and obviously Craig Bellamy finds himself in a position where he's not always able to do that. Alex, to Stacey's point, um, you know, we, we we talk a lot around concussions and head injuries. Here's a guy in Ryan Pappenhausen who you know some people said was competing with James Tedesco as the number one fullback in the game earlier on in the season. This has really rattled him, and appears to have knocked knocked around his confidence. His play has taken a step back. What what's your thoughts? Do you think we're going to see the best out of Ryan this season, or or, or do you think it, it's more going to be a twenty twenty two comeback for him? I mean, if he's that's a tough one, right? Because everyone reacts to these types of things differently. Everybody comes back from these types of things differently, and if he's still trying to find his feet after this concussion, then I don't see him kind of maybe having the best end to the season. Um, and maybe it's just something where he needs a little more R and R with it. You know, because you can have recurring symptoms and and there's, you know, extended complications that can sometimes come with a concussion. So maybe extra R&R will be beneficial for him where he can get a little bit, a um, little bit more rest behind him. And then I think 2022, it'll be interesting to see how he goes with that and see hopefully his confidence can come back in there and he can have a little bit more of a standout season. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think the pressure's off him a little bit, having Nico Hines there. Uh, but Ryan's a competitor. You know, he's obviously going to want to come back and um, and win back his starting job. But yeah, I agree. It's going to have to. They're going to have to manage this very, very carefully because you know, they, you know, they they've invested in him as their long term fullback. So they're going to have to make the right right moves there. And you know, if if you were to back any franchise to do that, it would be the Melbourne Storm. Stacey, what makes the Melbourne Storm so successful, particularly this year? Like you said, 18 wins in a row. That, that is an incredible season. Uh, what makes the Storm so successful? Their system is one of the best. Um, you know, Craig Bellamy definitely knows what he's doing. Um, they execute to perfection. They're a really exciting team to watch. And they're a great team for any new NRL fan to jump on board with because they are so exciting. Um, but also like the characters on the team make that team exciting to watch. You know, you've got the Fox who's entertaining as all hell, you know, Munster's down and dirty, you know, you've got Brandon Smith, you know, the cheese, you know, just being him given, you know, interviews that are just so off the cuff. And then you've got this monster dude in Nelson Asifa Solomona, who's just so massive. And you think, how can anyone possibly tackle this guy? So he's great to watch. And then you've got, you know, Pappenhausen as well. Alex, I think one of the things that's impressed me about the Storm, to Stacey's point, is they just have the ability to beat you in different ways. Like They've just got so many attacking weapons. Defensively, they're quite sound. But one of the things that I wanted to mention about them is the way in which they've changed their playing style, You know, even though they've been so successful. So I remember times when you know, you'd be watching Melbourne Storm games and they were just an absolute grind fest. And you know, whether it's got a lot to do with the new rules, um, we're seeing a lot more high-scoring games, but... This is a this is a different type of Melbourne Storm team. Um, I think that's a testament to your coaching staff uh, as well as your players. Um, it's you know having that that talent in those players where you can constantly change your game plan, and I think that's what makes them so dynamic and kind of hard to play against, if you will, because they seem to tweak different ty- different things week in and week out, which are successful for them. So when you're 
scouting as a coach or as a team, you can't really say, well, they're going to do X, Y, and Z because they're going to come back next week and change it to ABC and that X, Y, and Z is not going to be there. So what you train for that week goes out the window. And I think it take, it's hard to adjust for some teams and they go in going, this is our game plan. And when you come up against a team like Melvin Storm who can – what looks like they can change mid-game, every single player can adapt super quick. That's a really hard team to kind of defend because as a de- as a defense, you need to adjust to that, and sometimes you just can't. And Melbourne Storm capitalized that way. Looking forward now at the Melbourne Storm, they are losing their co-captain in Dale Finucan next season. They're forward. He's signing with the Cronulla Sharks. And the other thing is, uh, you know, with Josh Adokar leaving the club next season, they've gone out and signed Xavier Coates from the Broncos. He is a potential superstar. Uh, he's very, very low on confidence at the moment. It's been He's been very much knocked around there at a club that has uh, been through the ringer, but, you know, he's already, you know, uh, broken into state of origin based on his athletic ability. And I think, you know, going down into the Craig Bellamy system, I think that'll be, uh, that'll be perfect for him. Uh, my prediction is that Xavier Coates will be one of the best outside backs uh, in the season of 2022. Alex, I can't move off the Melbourne Storm without just plugging just a just a, a, a player for my own selfish reasons, and that is a young fellow by the name of Cooper Johns. You may have heard of that last name, a little bit famous in rugby league. It appears that he's hit a dead end. So you know he he he's got you know Jerome Hughes, Cameron Munster ahead of him. Um, you know he's coming up for a contract. Hasn't been able to play a lot of football. Do you see Cooper staying on with the Melbourne Storm, or do you see him maybe taking? a chance with another club, maybe somewhere close to the Hunter. (laughs) I was going to say, of course you'd be bringing that back. (laughs) Of course you'd bring that back to you, Um, of course. I I think he's he's a young guy. He has a lot lot to learn. I think that the kid, like, I I watched him play a couple of games. So part of me feels like maybe he's not ready yet to to sort of take that, that, you know, that role, especially off Hughes you know, at the storm. So potentially moving to somewhere where he can get a little bit more confident and kind of grow into his last name a little bit. Well, and he can also like create his own path as well, you know, like be his own kind of person. And I think sometimes it's hard when you have a famous last name because you have to either live up to potential and sometimes that's hard and sometimes it takes a a change. Um, And as, you know, Stacey said, you know, a, a change might be good for him to get a little more confidence under his belt Exciting about Cooper is I think he's doing a great apprenticeship down there in Melbourne. I think he's in the perfect system, but I just think that he's preparing to, you know, maybe come in and replace an experienced playmaker in the competition. And I've noticed that Mitchell Pierce, we've only offered him a one-year deal. So Cooper, uh, keep an eye on the Newcastle Knights. We'll come knocking uh, very, very soon. So let's do our predictions for uh, this season. Uh, where do we think Melbourne are going to finish up this year? Uh, for me, I think they win it. Um, I think uh, Manly are coming. Uh, they're coming hot at the right time, and, and I think they're going to give them. Uh, they're going to scare some teams in the finals. They're probably going to get there on Grand Final Day and give them a really good run for their money. But yeah, I, I can't see anyone beating Melbourne. Alex. Yeah, I just sometimes you wonder with a team like this, at what point you know can they keep it up? You know, and as you said, with Manly kind of firing on all cylinders, kind of at the right time. You know, I, I wonder if all the hype and kind of all that, you know, pressure and that media attention that comes with, you know, going back to back as we've seen as, as, you know, as you look at sport and you look at back to back championships, sometimes it doesn't work. So I, I, hmm, 
I'm going to say that I I could see them losing in a very tight game in the in the grand final. Wow, runner up. Okay, all right. We'll uh, we'll we'll come back to that. I'm sure, but no, definitely possible. Anything's possible on grand final day. We we've seen that in the past, Stacey. I think that they, I think that they are gonna make to the grand final, and I just love that fairy tale Cinderella ending. It'd be nice for Manly. Supporter, so I can't give too much credit to Manly, but they are scary. Although Tom has, you know, he's got that cheekbone issue. There was a plate there that appears to have softened that fractured cheekbone, but there's certainly a lot of concerns in around Tom Travoyevic at the moment. So fingers crossed he can get healthy for the finals um, because, yeah, we, we want to see all teams fit and healthy come finals time. All right, guys, now it's time for our next segment, the match, uh, where each week we put two players up against each other, uh, 1v1 to see who comes out on top. And this week, it's a battle of the sixes with two creative playmakers going toe-to-toe. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and this week on the match, we have a blockbuster clash with New South Wales and State of Origin star Jerome Luai uh, coming up against uh, the Prince of Redfern in Cody Walker. Stacey, going to start with you with Jerome Luai. Um, certainly started the season quite well, went on to make his State of Origin debut. What, what's your thoughts on, on Luai's season so far? Oh, I mean, I love him. I love him. Um, you know, it's his combination with Cleary that makes him so dangerous at the Panthers. Um, you know, he's just got... Uh, and energy. He just brings a next level energy to the Panthers. And we saw him do the same thing in State of Origin. You know, he was just, um, you know, he played a, a, he played, he just plays free, um, which I really like. He's super creative as well. But, you know, he backs himself and he's comparing him to Cody Walker, you know, very different player. Alex, uh, you know, Jerome's come through uh, a Penrith junior system where he has just been. He's all he's known is success. So he has come through and won a lot of junior football, and then he's came into to this team. And you know you've seen them building, building, building to the point where they've been a bit of a powerhouse over the last couple of seasons. You know, what's your thoughts on Jerome? Because he certainly approaches the game in in a different way. It's almost infectious the way in which he sort of you know arrives on game day with that self confidence. Yeah, I think as you said, like that confidence shines through when he's on the field and he, he's so entertaining to watch. And as Stacey said, him and Cleary and that partnership there is just, you know, when you watch the two of them, it's, you know, you're watching kind of poetry in motion sometimes when, when you're, when you're watching them play. And, and I think that's testament to both those players, but yeah, Jerome is just one of those players where he's just, he's fun to watch, whether it's you're watching him defensively or watching him on the attack, you know, he's good on both sides of the ball and, um, yeah, so he's just he's just an entertaining character, you know, on and off the field. Stacey, uh, we saw him break through into the State of Origin team this year. He played two games, was undefeated. For you, was that the highlight so far this year? I think it was kind of where, I mean, I've, we've been watching him for such a long time now that you don't expect anything less than, you know, awesome from Luai. But I really think getting to State of Origin and, and in that Blues jersey, like what he brought to that team was one of the reasons why we had such a successful campaign. Um, you know, and he's just so he's just so brutal. He's just so creative. I mean, he's just so big, uh, which I really like. You know, and plus, you know, I like his kicking game too. You know, he's not afraid to kick early and then back himself to go chase it down too. Um, and then he just runs really well behind his forwards. 
Alex, one of the things that's been impressive is his all-round game. Uh, to Stacey's point, he's got a lot of skills. He's got the passing. He's got the kicking. He's got the physicality. He's strong in defense. But, you know, one of the things that has caught all of our attention is obviously his combination with Nathan Cleary. Now, what was really, really interesting is, you know, whilst they were both injured, Luai came back uh, before Cleary and played a little bit of football without him. And the Panthers kind of struggled a bit. And, and I thought Luai, you know, he, he probably wasn't at his best. My question to you is, was that him just finding his feet returning from his own injury? Or do you think, without Cleary, do you think he was sort of struggling a little bit? I think Cleary brings a lot of, like, direction to the Panthers when he's on the field. Um, so I think it's hard when he hasn't been in there. When you've watched the Panthers, they kind of look a little disheveled and a little lost. And I think when you have creative players, you know, they still need that structure or that one person in there to kind of go, this is still our structure of play. Be creative off that. So I think when you lose that structure a little bit and, and coming back from injury, so having the likes of Cleary not there who brings that kind of composure and structure to the Panthers' side, um, I think it might, was a little bit of struggle for Jerome, who is such a creative and free player, as we've said, um, to be able to play off that structure that just wasn't there. And I think now with Cleary back, I think that's brought in that structure where he can play freely and creatively without it being, you know, um, detrimental to the side it makes me wonder how successful he would be in a team without Cleary and I don't know if we'll ever get to see it because maybe they're a package deal um but I would like I'd be interested to see how he'd go in a different team just to see if he is as good as we think he is or is it just his Cleary's sidekick is he Cleary's Robin (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, no offense when I say that, but, yeah, you know, when you got that sidekick in there, it's Batman and Robin, you know, and, you know, what's Robin without his Batman at the end of the day? Yeah, no, it is, it is interesting, you know. Could uh, Luai go out and be the halfback of another team? You know, could he run an entire football team, you know, taking on the full responsibility of organizing the team? It is a little bit different to, you know, being that six and just taking advantage of opportunities and, um, you know, uh, I guess dominating with your running game. But, um, yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's that's definitely an interesting question. Fortunately for the Panthers fans, that's not something they have to worry about because Luai has been locked up longer term and he'll be there with Nathan Cleary. And I think he'll, those two will be torturing uh, teams for quite a few years yet. Right, guys, well, let's have a look at his competitor and it's actually a player who was competing with Jerome uh, for that half spot uh, for New South Wales, and that is the South Sydney Rabbitohs' Cody Walker. Stacey, Cody may well just be the most naturally gifted player that we have in the competition right now. For sure. I mean, and I don't know if anyone else noticed, but he racked up this historic NRL record, you know, with 50 line break assists, which just goes to show why the Bunnies' score margins have just been so huge this year. Um, you know, he's, he's, poten- he's potentially up there for, um, you know, a Dalliant for sure, for sure. And like I said, naturally gifted, naturally confident um, and just slots in well. You know, he's just so calculated in the way that he plays. He reads the play well before it has even happened, which is, I guess, how the Dunnings have been able to dominate so much this season. Alex, Cody's an interesting player because you talk about Jerome having confidence and I'd I, I think Cody, uh, he's quite similar. He's a very emotional player, and I think that works really, really well for him. For him. When he's on, it just doesn't look like people can stop him because no one can predict what Cody is going to do next because I don't think Cody knows. No, and I think that's – he's such a creative playmaker that 
he's one of those players where when you're playing against him defensively, defensively, you have no idea. As you said, you you don't know what he's going to do. And he reads the field and the gaps and, and see has such great awareness of what's in front of him that he's already thinking two, three steps ahead. You know, if I break this line here and offload, um, you know, will that help? You know, it's going to help my, my teammate behind me to, to be able to break through. So he's just one of those playmakers. Really fun to watch. Stacey, um, you know, one of the things that has been really exciting about the 2021 season is that we're moving away from that overly structured play with the change of rules. You know, there was a period there where everyone was playing a block shape. Defences were, you know, could defend that in their sleep. You know, I, I guess the way in which the game has changed this year really suits Cody's game. For sure. I think the way that the game has changed now suits so many players' games, um, you know, and being in the bunker for the first year where we had the six again, you know, you could notice it with all the camera angles that we had in the bunker, the different ways that the players would sort of hit this lull and a majority of the time they'd get over that hump and kick into a second gear. And you'd be able to see this on camera because you've got cameras on every single player, right? Um, And Cody Walker, he just took advantage of when other players were fatigued and that's how he ended up creating so much space and being so dynamic last season. What he's done this year is he's gone, okay, well, we've adapted to these sorts of rules. It's a faster game, which plays to my benefit because I'm already three steps ahead of where we're supposed to be. Plus, he's just so silky playing alongside Luttrell and Adam Reynolds. I mean, they're on the same side. They're unstoppable because all of them play a pretty similar game in it's it's natural and free-flowing and, like you said, structured but free. Alex, um, you know, you talk about the Cleary-Luai combination, but to Stacey's point, the the Reynolds and the Cody Walker combination has been something that's been built over time, and, and that they've they've got this remarkable ability to play um, almost seamlessly with each other. Bo- both of them, you know, they're different types of players and they kind of complement each other. A decision that absolutely baffles me is that South Sydney are not re-signing Adam Reynolds for next year and he's, he's gone on and signed with the Brisbane Broncos. I, I, I still cannot believe that. But what that means for Cody Walker is, you know, he's going to have to step up and be the, be the seven, be the predominant playmaker. How do you think that's going to impact Cody? Um, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of the first couple of games next year when they have whoever they have in that role, um, you know, because it is baffling that they don't, they're not, you know, re-signing Reynolds. Um, but I think it, it could be another layer to Cody Walker's game. Um, it's another way for him to, as you said, step up and lead and be this prime kind of playmaker um, for the Bunnies. So it, it's something that he can either relish in or he can, you know, um, fall in, I guess. So it'll be interesting to see. I think it'll take maybe one or two games or it might just take preseason for him to be able to figure it out. But I think once he kind of figures out his role without Reynolds there, um, I think it's going to be interesting to watch, and I think he could develop into an extremely good playmaker in that role. Uh, all right, guys. Well, no sitting on the fence when it comes to the match. We've got to pick who has been the better half and who is the better half in the game right now, Jerome Luai or Cody Walker. Stacey, we'll start with you. I'm going Cody Walker. He's a bit older. Like I said, he's got the foresight to be able to see points before they happen. So I'm taking, I'm taking the man. Alex? Um, I got to go with Cody Walker. 
Yeah, I think he's just, as I said, he's a little bit more experienced. He just sees plays kind of before they even evolve in the game. And and I think that's so key in a role like that. Yeah, I had Jerome Luai uh, prior to uh, his injury. Um, you know, after the State of Origin series, I, series, I would have said Jerome Luai. But since he's returned and he struggled a little bit without Nathan Cleary, that's just got me sort of uh, a little bit unsure. Whereas Cody Walker, he's gone the other way. His form's actually getting better and better. And, you know, South Sydney, they're, they're on a, a 10-game winning streak at the moment, and that's largely off the back of Cody Walker. So I, I think, yeah, at the moment, it's fair to say that Cody's game, you know, he, he's probably ahead of Jerome at the moment, but that's not to say Jerome can't catch him in the longer term. But, yep, clean sweep for me. Um, it's Cody Walker. All right, guys, well, to round out the show, it's time for Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. And to finish out the show tonight, we'll go around the ground and we're going to select our marquee signing that we would target if we were in charge of the new 17th NRL franchise. Alex, I'm going to start with you. Who would be the player that you'd be targeting? I think I would take the Roosters Tedesco. I mean, he's just, you look at a player that's been able to kind of step up with the amount of injuries they have. He's a veteran player. You know, he's done phenomenal on the origin side um, and he's a leader. So I think if you build a team around someone like that um, I, and with all the components involved, I think he'd be someone that I would sign 100% first and then kind of build around him and his experience. Yeah, his leadership this year has been uh, what's impressed me. You know, we've all known that he's been you know, the, the talented player on the field. But I think a lot of the things that he's doing behind the scenes with uh, Trent Robinson, uh, it, it, it's yeah, it, it's been unbelievable because um, how that team is where they are given all of their injuries. I think James Tedesco has got to take um, a little bit of credit or a lot of credit uh, for that. Stacey, yeah, uh, same question to you. You're in charge of a, a new franchise that enters the NRL. Who are you going after? I'm taking Brandon Smith because one, he's off contract at the end of the year. Um so my my theory is that he is a display of the way that the game is moving to. You know, it's changed it's so fast and it's heading down the track where you need like some leg speed and some bodies up the middle with that leg speed rather than these big front rowers. I'd be signing uh, the cheese just for his off-field off antics. I think, uh, you know, it's just so crucial to a locker room in terms of being able to lighten the mood and, you know some of the some of the pranks that he pulls on Craig Bellamy, and um, yeah, just uh, just the character that he is. And then you know when he hits the field, he's he's kind of a different dude. Like he doesn't take a backward step. So no, that is a good choice. If if I was to go after a marquee signing, and I could have anyone in the competition, a player that I would uh, look to bring on is young Sam Walker uh, from the Roosters, the nineteen year old halfback. I think um, I think it's it's already uh, been confirmed that the the seventeenth franchise will be in Queensland. Well, why not? one of Queensland's best juniors uh, in San. You know, one of the challenges with young halves is sometimes you need 30, 40, 50 games to work out whether they're going to be successful in the NRL. Uh, even then, sometimes they need a little bit more time. And then these, there, there are these rare elite talents that come through that just flash, and you just know that, you know, within a handful of games that, that this player is going to be a 10-year veteran, and that, that's exactly where Sam's uh, up to. But I think he's got all the skills. His passing game, uh, it brings a tear to your eye. That long passing game is remarkable. Kicking game, and, um, yeah, he, he's only halfway there. there there's, there's so much more that Sam's got to learn, um, so he'd be the type of player 
that I would go after. All right, guys. Well, look, that's all the time we have uh, tonight. I just wanted to thank my my panel, uh, Alex and Stacey, for another great episode. For our listeners, we really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, jump on our social media, uh, give us a like, send us a comment and some feedback. We really appreciate all of your support. Until next week, we'll see you then. We won't hesitate to break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.